Welcome to the Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford podcast. Life is difficult and trying to live it to the fullest while constantly second-guessing yourself and feeling stopped by regret or painful experiences can take a toll on anyone. Do you want to get unlocked and see for yourself the beauty that life has to offer? Are you ready for aha moments and strategies to propel your business and family into a world of health? Then you've come to the right place. Join Dr. Shannon Crawford, a licensed psychologist, leadership consultant, conference speaker, and CEO of Crawford Clinics located in Dallas, Texas, as she shares her expertise from her life's commitment to helping you, the CEO, therapy client, parent, and teacher alike, identify and remove the unconscious blocks hindering you from thriving in your potential. We will also have amazing guests with incredible stories, rich knowledge, and keys to help you get unlocked today. Let's get started. There is nothing worse than knowing there is a conflict or a hard conversation and not knowing how to say it. It's like our stomach just gets in knots. It can affect our sleep. Your mind will just start be ruminating and it distracts you because it becomes consuming, right? We don't want to hurt people's feelings. We have feelings about something and yet we don't know how to express it and articulate it. It gets really frustrating to feel like I know there's something I want to do. I just don't know the way to do it. I would love as a clinical psychologist to give you a few tools. Now, obviously my caveat is there's a million scenarios. This may not apply to the one you're in right now, but I hope to give you a few things that may help alleviate some of that burden. One, for context, I come from a background of major people pleasing, and I am by far not fully healed and redeemed from people pleasing by any means. I really, really, really empathize. I feel things very deeply. Who are my empaths out there? Or there's strongly feeling type personalities. And so I don't know your personality. Maybe you're the kind who can give hard feedback easily. And you're like, those people just need to toughen up. I said what I needed to say. That was my piece. And on the other side, there's some of us out there that are overthinking and overanalyzing because we want to say it just right because we don't want to hurt people. Either extreme pretty immobilizing for one or both parties of that conversation. Sometimes we can come in with so much truth that the other person is like, I feel like you just gut checked me and like throat punched me. And on the other side, you may feel so overwhelmed that it's like the words aren't coming out right and you're stumbling over your words and you may even start blaming yourself for something you didn't even do wrong. And the person is walking away a little more confused than before the conversation started because you just don't know how to deliver it. It is important to learn that middle place. One, I cannot tell someone what they did right? I can't tell them why they did it. All I can say is, hey, whether it was the intent or not, this was the impact. Whether it's your heart or not, this is my experience of that situation or that dynamic. So rule number one is be careful not to blame and accuse and tell people a direct message. You are doing this It's usually too declarative. And whether you're right or wrong, most people have shame. And so when I'm told I am doing something, my natural response to that is to become defensive and angry and upset and bristle. 
And then I'm not really listening to any words you say after that point. But on the other side, if you so own it so much that you're not able actually to articulate and say truth, again, the person doesn't benefit. They're walking away going, so you want me to leave meetings or you don't? You want me to come home at curfew or you don't? Like sometimes it's so muddled because we're not clear on the message we would like them to get. One, be careful not to make it declarative. Rather, you can share your experience. Two, identify the message, the end message you want the listener to get. Fuddling and muddling and getting through, you talk for 20 minutes, the other person has retained about two sentences at the beginning and one and a half sentences at the end, right? Just the brain can only handle so much feedback at one time. So if you talk for a really long time and you're kind of interrupting yourself and, and, you know, but I know, but blah, 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 and you're doing all of this over explaining, you've actually lost the listener, just practically speaking, because their brain can only hold so much. Be aware. What is that one message I want them to hear? I don't want to tell them 12 things. I don't want to bring up 16 situations to back up and verify what I'm trying to share. Because all of that is an overcompensation of where you don't feel like you have a voice. And so you're trying to kind of armor up and validate your message. Many times as leaders, as parents, as friends and family members, we do that. We bring up 12 different situations to, in our mind, trying to validate and back up why what we're saying is valid and should be listened to. But what the other person is hearing is you're attacking me here, here, and here. Are we talking about this situation or are you now opening up all these other things? And now I feel pretty flooded and overwhelmed. If instead we can slow down, narrow for yourself, what's the one thing I want to focus on? I'm not declaring they are doing it. I'm saying this is my experience of it. And now I'm going to offer solutions. So I'm not saying, hey, drop a bomb. You're just selfish. Hey, that was really rude that you didn't introduce me at the party. Hey, you totally left me off the email and didn't even include me in the group, et cetera. All of those are just kind of lobbing it at the person. But it's possible that maybe you can spend time not just ruminating about the conversation and how it's not going to work, but maybe troubleshooting. What are some things, the action steps of what you would like to see? Now, you can't be controlling. You can't ask for the moon and be careful that you're not just asking for your emotions because that's not a valid thing that someone else can offer, right? I want to feel included. I want to feel represented. I want to feel like you're proud of me. I want to feel secure in this relationship. Those are very abstract and there's not a concrete, tangible thing that the person can act on. Rather, by saying, okay, in my private time before the conversation, I want to feel secure in this relationship. That's a great goal. You would now want to put it in actionable language. Okay, so if I want to feel respected, I want to feel cherished, loved, encouraged, uh, belonging. I want to feel secure in this relationship. Great. What are the things tangibly someone else can do that would help foster that sense of security and trust and belonging? So many people I work with, they really struggle because they're kind of showing this esoteric goal of like, hey, I just want to feel respected. 
well, what does that mean to you? What are the action steps? What if the other person thinks they are respecting you? And yet you're saying you're not respecting me at all. And now we have a disillusioned, why bother? Nothing I do is even recognized. You're impossible. Instead of saying, hey, I know this may not be your heart, but in X situation, when I wasn't included or when I wasn't introduced or uh, when I heard this tone and something that felt to me like it was a bit condescending and dismissive as if it was only in my head and it wasn't real feedback. I need you to know that that had an impact on me, whether intended or not, it made me feel less secure in this relationship. It made me feel devalued. Although I know it's not your heart and your intent, right? You're getting ahead of their shame response. You're de-escalating their shame response the best you can. You're not responsible for their reactions, but you're trying to get ahead of it by acknowledging, hey, that probably doesn't feel good to hear this feedback. So I'm going to let you know that's not my intent. I know it's not your intent. I know you're trying to respect me. I know you're trying to love me and include me and cherish me. But the way that it's being done at the current moment is not having that end result. So I'd love to equip you with the things that will help us feel more connected, the things that will help me feel respected and listened to, and I could feel trust in this relationship again. If there's been some kind of a breach in trust, a great exercise would be to say, okay, what is on, on your own? Ask yourself, what is the breach? What is the area where I feel least trust and most vulnerable to betrayal, disappointment, something happening again? And now what are the action steps that are realistic someone might be able to do to help regain that connection? If you come to a conversation and you're volleying it to the other person because maybe they did something wrong and now you're putting the onus and responsibility on them, you're almost setting them up to fail because one, they're not you. So they may be trying. And I work with tons of people, especially couples and families that are like, I am so exhausted. I'm trying everything and it's never enough for you. Why can I just not ever live up past that thing I did in the past? Partly that's because we didn't actually heal the wound and we've just been trying to kind of placate or uh, compensate and trying to fill in and love each other well in this way now, but we haven't actually healed the past, which is a different conversation for another episode. But what we need to do is say, hey, here's the realistic things that actually help me feel secure and trust. Here's what helped me feel respect and cared about, invested into, and like an equal partner instead of this weird, funky power differential between us. So when you're able to do that, now you can say, hey, unlocking your phone or letting me have the password, putting a 360 on it. I don't want to be a micromanager. I don't want that. But I also know if there's not any level of accountability or apps like Covenant Eyes, where there's some level of accountability, that leaves me feeling kind of exposed in this relationship. I'm wondering if we could troubleshoot some creative ideas that help both of us feel secure in this relationship so we can build and restore trust again. Or if it's a friendship. Maybe someone has spoken out of context and they shared something that was personal and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. Um, and you're kind of holding this wrestling of, do I keep them in my inner, inner circle or do I kind of edge them out a bit? 
in that moment, it would be very unfair to make that decision without having a conversation. You can bring it to the person very easily by saying, hey, I would love to have a heart to heart. Something has affected my heart and I would love to give the opportunity for us to just clear the air and then move forward um, in a really positive direction. Meeting with the person, reminding them first, right? Speak the truth in love. So you remind them, I know this is your character, X, Y, Z, good thing. I know your heart. I know that you love me. I know it would never be your intention to betray that. But I do need to let you know that when I overheard that X comment was said that I had said in confidence, that impacted me in this way. Even though that may not have been your intention, or maybe it wasn't even you, you know, trying to give the benefit of the doubt. But it still hurt to think that my confidence, the secure place that I thought I had with you was broken that maybe I heard there was a comment that was made that didn't feel like it represented the way that I thought you felt toward me and toward our friendship or our marriage or our parenting, or our family, whatever it might be. And so I'm going to bring that truth to you. It made me feel less valued, made me feel invisible. Now, the key here is porcupines, they mate by soft underbelly. Because if you think of two porcupines, they would go extinct because their little quill pokey things would always be attacking one another. At the beginning of a relationship, we have soft underbelly to soft underbelly, and it's very easy to connect. But over time, we feel hurt, betrayed, disappointed, scared, insecure, disrespected. And before we know it, we both have our quills up. And every time we try to come together, there's this ouch, this disconnect. It doesn't feel right. It feels off. The interesting thing is it may not actually be that you're in the wrong relationship. It's not necessarily that you should just throw away all relationships that are challenging because then you wouldn't have any, <laughs> but that you'd have the wisdom and discernment to know, is this their heart and intent to be dishonoring, to betray, to break my trust? Or is this a, a relationship development learning curve that we need to bring truth in love? And when you give that truth, again, you try to identify not that a declarative statement that makes them feel like a porcupine quill has just attacked them and they're now justifying in their mind why that's not true. And also you're not just overwhelming them with too much information. You're making it concrete. You're saying, hey, I know your heart. I know that you're a good friend or a spouse or a grandparent or whatever. I know your heart is good. And this information is valuable to help restore trust. Something happened and it really hurt my confidence to feel like I could leave you with my kids or that I could trust you in this kind of a situation when it got back to me that this was said or done when I had directly asked that that not be done. How would you see that we handle this going forward? And so that's our next step is you're speaking the truth in love. You're coming with solutions and you're inviting the other person. As we've talked about before, we don't want to get into all or nothing black and white thinking that this person is all good or all bad. We want to bring out woo the healthy version of them and say, hey, let's collaborate. Let's brainstorm together. I have some ideas of what I think may help. What also do you think may help? 
And let's troubleshoot this together because I know your heart is good. I want to give the benefit of the doubt. And now, now that we have troubleshooted, now that we've spoken the truth in love, in love, meaning identity is separate from the behavior. Now I can give you the opportunity to troubleshoot, to brainstorm, to practice together. Now, human nature, learning does not happen based on one conversation. So odds are good the person's going to do some variation of that behavior again. Be prepared for that. Don't assume that they're a terrible person. Rather, use it as a learning opportunity to go, hey, remember we had talked about not giving the children sugar or McDonald's or something. I don't know. Not letting them stay up and watch certain kind of movies or something. Remember we had talked about this employee or grandparent or nanny or friend or sister. Remember that conversation. This is one of those moments that I would love for us to practice doing it differently. You're cueing them up for success. You're reminding the person as we go into this situation, this would be a great opportunity for us to practice what we had discussed in our last conversation. Now there's opportunity to practice and you'll see what is their heart reaction. Is it to rebel and be like, oh, I'm giving them 12 gallons of ice cream now because you told me not to as a grandparent, or I'm going to write whatever I want in this email as an employee, or I'm going to say whatever I want as a sister. You're not going to control me, right? You'll see the heart posture. Is it to rebel and feel like you're being controlling and nagging and I'm going to do what I want. And that's how relationships going to go. Or is their heart to say, oh, dang, okay, I'm going to try, please give me grace. You know, I may not get it right, but I am going to be mindful of the directives that you had shared that are important to you. By doing so, you can now see the character revealed in that person, not just giving you lip service, but at least the effort is there. Their heart intention and motive is good. And their desire is to build trust. And I love working with couples that the person that maybe has had an emotional affair or physical affair, that that person, male or female, takes the onus and responsibility to say, let's research ways that we can have the accountability that you feel secure in this relationship. I want to be held accountable by someone who's not just you, right? Your spouse does not need to be the only person holding you accountable but I need to take responsibility. I would love for you to feel secure in this relationship. Show me, help me, guide me. Let's work on this together. It's not your responsibility, but it is a collaboration. I am not perfect, but I am showing up and I'm willing to be here. And now you can brainstorm and hear some things I've been thinking that may be helpful in the resolution. And I would love to hear from you, what are you thinking may be compatible, realistic, doable things that we can do to troubleshoot and have a more effective resolution or a dynamic around this. And obviously my language can be a little bit clinical as a psychologist, but you change it into your everyday language. And again, you can use this at work with family members, with besties, with marriage, children, whomever, learning to say, I believe the best about you. And I'm aware that there's something between us that if it doesn't get resolved, that's going to cause our little quills to go up and we're not going to have much of a relationship. And before we know it, we're going to be pleasant ships passing in the night, roommates, colleagues, 
but not collaborators. True intimacy is costly because it requires vulnerability to say, hey, I don't know how you're going to receive this. I'm uncomfortable. I'm a little bit worried how it's going to go, but I know your heart and I know mine. And I'm wondering if I can just share this information, if we can find something really sweet as a resolution going forward that we don't keep ending up in this situation. And I would love to know if there's anything I'm doing that's also feeding into that dynamic. I would love to hear your perspective and create space for you so that we can both be heard and we can both feel invested into so that we want to invest in this relationship. Thank you so much for being the kind of person who leans in to being healthy so you can create an ecosystem of health and mature conversation that leads to intimacy in the world around you. Love you guys. And we'll see you for the next episode. Thank you for investing in yourself, your family, and your team. We are honored to serve you and your vision.